Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiaga Prem Singh. This week on the show, we're talking about a recipe for healing. I think it's crucial to have this conversation uh, during this time and look at the elements of our lives that are healing so that we can amplify and elevate those and uh, heal ourselves. Ultimately, we are our greatest healer. And in my personal experience, lifestyle is the greatest healer. And who's in charge or who's driving the, the ship of your life, who's driving the vehicle of the human organism that you live in, it's you. And the way that you live ultimately is going to bring healing into your life uh, or it's gonna create space for other than healing. And, and we really, 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 uh, are being called to amplify the healing during this time. So I thought I would uh, talk about the recipe that's been beneficial to me in my life and then you can find a way to work it into your life because it's going to be unique to everybody. That's just the reality. We are all having unique experiences. We have unique paths. We have unique uh, makeup in our body and um, the, the actual matter, the material that makes up this physical organism. Uh, but there are common commonalities of aspects of healing um, that if we reason about them and we come together and we share and we look at it from different angles, we may learn more about who we are in relationship to our own healing journey. So that's the purpose of today's episode. So thanks for listening. If you're listening on the audio version of the podcast, remember that you can catch this in video at youtube.com backslash Tiaga Prem Singh. And there's new videos there every Tuesday and Thursday. If you prefer the audio, because it's hard to watch video while you're driving your car and not recommended, uh, you can always listen wherever you catch uh, podcasts, your favorite podcasts. Uh, if you love what we do at Revealing the Diamond, please, please, please rate us, review us, share us with your friends, talk about it with your friends. Uh, we really appreciate the support. This podcast has been going for several years now and uh, it's going great and uh, it's a labor of love. It's something that is really meaningful to me and I'm so thankful when people reach out and share how it's impacted their lives. And So thank you so much for that. I also record the podcast live on Wednesday mornings on Instagram. So if you want to catch it live and you have a comment or a question or anything like that, I make space for those be, uh, after the recording. So that's a little housekeeping, I guess, for the start of the podcast and we can get started. First off, I'd like to thank our sponsors, uh, Seed Apparel. Seed makes hemp pants grown, hemp grown in Canada. Uh, they're designed in Canada. They are fully environmentally sustainable and a socially responsible company. So check out I Am Seed on Instagram or theseedstore.ca and get yourself a pair. Also Minds Dye, who makes a lot of the, the stars or the turbans that I wear. She also makes, I was wearing a, a hoodie yesterday that she custom dyed. Um, really amazing dyes and, and such an incredible person. So you get the energy of this incredible being in this custom uh, made whatever you want the bed sheets look amazing i've got to get myself on the bed the bed sheet to uh, train from minds die so if that's something that you're interested in please check out the minds die on instagram or go to her etsy store and get yourself hooked up with some beautiful uh, one-of-a-kind hand-dyed fabrics custom job whatever you need dyed she can do it for you and if anybody out there is listening to this and you think, oh wow, I've got a, a conscious, environmentally responsible, uh, spiritually inspiring business uh, and you would like to support the work we do, uh, please reach out at tiagapremsing at gmail.com. 
Um, also, um, working on upgrading some of the gear that we share with. So if you feel called to make an investment um, to support just getting these uh, programs out, and that's something that you feel called to do. Uh, uh, there is an, a podcaster piece of sound equipment that I'm interested in getting, and it's about $800. And uh, if that's something that you would like to support so that we can have clearer audio, better video, and just increase uh, sharing this wisdom, um, I would be so, so grateful. But no pressure, you know, I, I just feel like I, I do my best to support the programs that are really meaningful to me because I see how much work goes into it and I see how grateful I am and, and even with Dharma Temple like it's like now we don't have a physical space to gather and it makes you so aware of uh, how important it is to support and uh, do your best to contribute to uh, movement. So if that's something that you can do uh, monetarily that's great and if it's not just simply reviewing the the show or sharing it on your social media or talking to friends and family about it that that's equally as great it's all energy and I appreciate all the support from everybody out there who believes in in the work that we do at True Seekers Union and at Revealing the Diamond and the last announcement and then we'll get into the content is we had our first meeting of Truth Seekers Union last week. We meet for one hour at 7 p.m. Pacific every Wednesday, and we talk about a monthly topic. And this first month we're talking about truth, and it was so inspiring. It fueled me all the way till this Wednesday. Um, we talked about the Four Noble Truths in the Buddhist tradition, lots of great shares, an amazing community. And if you could, if you feel like you could use some support, whether it's in recovery or you're trying to make, you know, more conscious choices, more spiritual choices, you're on a healing journey and you're feeling isolated during this time of social distancing, um, why not become a member of the Truth Seekers Union? You just head to truthseekersunion.ca. There's different uh, levels that you can contribute to be a part of um, and join in the conversation with us. Uh, it's This is something that I'm really excited about um, and it's going great. We're one week in and we're go about to go again today and you can jump in anytime. Uh, you don't have to be there for the start and you can go back and watch previous episodes. So. If you're feeling called to join the Truth Seekers Union, please do at truthseekersunion.ca. So this week on the show, we're talking about recipe for healing. Recipe for healing, you know, I have, let me, for those of you who don't know me very well, which I'm sure some of you don't and some of you do, but let me give you a little background about my life and then talk about how, uh, and talk about my recipe talk about the recipe that has supported me and uh, hopefully you'll find some elements to it that you can add into your own recipe. It's like cooking, right? It's like you learn the recipe and you, you figure out how to make it and then you start to add your own flavor and spice. It's not so much like baking where you must follow the steps exactly. It's more like, let's look at the overview of this and let's use our own experience and intelligence and also look within traditions that are meaningful and look to people who uh, we can really trust to give advice. And, you know, we take all these little pieces and, and then we create this a dharmic life or a life of purpose and I I have been through a lot in my life and and we all have and we're probably feeling that bubbling up over the past six or seven months I definitely have um, but 
it has a provided me with this opportunity to really look into the it look into the recipe box you know it's like back in the day my grandmother you know who made all of my favorites you'd look into the recipe box and pick out the things that really are meaningful to you and and so I want to explore doing that today and I want to explore it with a really wide lens but but in doing so and let's say and instead of but and in doing so really look at how there are aspects or elements within the practices that work for me that will work for you even if the uh, essence or the content of it are not identical does that make sense so it's intuitive intuitive recipe work and and uh, sometimes with intuition the challenge is i've found anyways is it's very challenging to listen for your own voice because the programming is so uh, ingrained, whether it's programming culturally or programming uh, from a religion you were raised in or programming around gender, or programming around race or programming around whatever it is. And we, we're running programs and it can be challenging to hear like, who am I in relationship to this? And I don't necessarily know if, if we will know a hundred percent um, who that is. It's an un, we're blossoming like a flower. We're learning about who we are all the time. But I have definitely noticed that there are some streams of awareness that have moved me through great times of healing that are very consistent. And now as I move into my 40s, I recognize that those are priorities where before they were sort of like, oh yeah, I'll get to that someday. I even have friends today, some of my uh, Punjabi Indian friends who grew up around Sikhi, who they've even said, I won't disclose any uh, identities, but they've, you know, they're professionals like doctors and dentists and that kind of thing. And they've disclosed to me that someday when they're old, they'll, you know, put the bottle down and not party so much and get, you know, interested in spirituality and like be a vegetarian and read from the Guru Granth Sahib, but not now because that's for old people, which I think that's a very interesting <laughs> perspective. For me, I'm like, I've had so much pain and suffering in my life that I don't want to wait. I can't wait. Waiting is not an option. Um, granted, I haven't spoken to many of them too in depth during all of this pandemic that's been happening. So it'd be interesting to hear some of the perspectives as uh, we go through these major shifts and changes in the world where we live. So the recipe, hmm, I, oh yes, I was saying I was gonna uh, tell you a little bit about myself. So I was born uh, into a Christian family. My father was a pastor in a church at the time. And um, my parents didn't have a lot of material wealth. Um, we lived very simply. I was born in a small town called Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. How's that for uh, Canadian content for you? I was born in a very small town and uh, to a family that didn't have a lot of financial resources, but there was some spiritual depth. My parents were very young. And uh, my mother's mother even was even younger. She was uh, like a teenage pregnancy. And so there was a lot of like youthful energy in the way that I was uh, parented. And there was also in that youthful energy, as we all know when we're young like that, uh, wisdom was something that um, it wasn't as concentrated, right? There was 
there was the energy of taking care and there was the energy of making sure that we had enough and there was the energy of doing your best but the wisdom of experience that comes from experience was not as predominant or wasn't as thick at the at the time so i was raised in an environment like that and um from a young age i noticed that like i really loved the attention of my peers and of my parents so i did a lot of things in my life to get attention how you know at first it was doing good in school and uh, i could recite bible verses from memory like bam 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 just like really bring them up and i it brought joy to my parents and to people around me so i thought oh this has this has value and then as time passed i realized that like being a funny guy or the class clown has has value and so i did i was able to maintain my grades and i was able to uh, make people laugh and then as time passed i had a school teacher who um, didn't challenge me all that much and i didn't realize this until therapy <laughs> later on in life that um, in her not challenging me it had me really lean into um, being the funny guy and getting into trouble and um, I can see now and have compassion for her, uh, but at the time, the way that she responded to me, like we were at missing each other. She would become very angry at me because of my behavior, and then it would cause me to shrink, which is a hard thing for a young person who wants to be loved and wants attention. And so that sent me down a path of um, getting into a lot of trouble. And I used to have, <clears throat> excuse me, I used to even have like blackout uh, temper tantrums and that sort of thing. And then um, I found as years went by uh, that I still loved to read and study and these kinds of things, but I really loved the attention of my peers. And um, thank goodness for basketball. How's that for you? Basketball really kept me focused because I wanted to play. And so in order to play, I had to get good grades. And so I got good grades and then I could monkey around and all of those things. As long as I got good grades, I could play. And then I got injured uh, in my later years. And when that happened, I became depressed. I didn't know it at the time that I was depressed. Uh, and that led me more into the realm of wanting to be accepted. And that led me into crime and drugs and all kinds of things. And that uh, followed me for most of my life um, until about the last five years I really began the healing process. And that doesn't mean that when I say I began the healing process, I mean like I went to a treatment when I was 20 years old. Um, but I mean, I really started to get a grasp on some of the ingredients that would bring some freedom to my life. So I give you all of that background information just to let you know that the karma or the struggle that I've had in my life has been around uh, addiction and harmful uh, patterns in my life caused by substance abuse. Like that's, that's a big one for me. And underlying that is the need for approval. And, um, you know, I also, just as a child, we stay the same. I still love the intellect. I still love to study. I still love to learn about mystical traditions and that kind of thing. But I found it 
I sort of kept that private. Like my, I started learning about the Buddha as a teenager. I kept it private. Meditation, I kept it private. My prayerful life, I kept it private. And then in the public eye, it was, you know, I DJ and party and take drugs and be cool and and get into trouble and all of that sort of took over when I couldn't play uh, basketball anymore, and it caused a lot of pain and suffering. And there were varying degrees of that as life uh, passed you know, as I got older and I made some attempts at university and studied religion and still struggling with uh, alcohol and that kind of thing. And in the, I mentioned, and you can listen to previous episodes if you want to know more. I just want to kind of give you some background on where I'm coming from and you know, how many times did I try to get sober and to let go of the harmful habits that were life controlling and, um, you know, I realize now that they were a part of my destiny, but at the time I could feel the resistance of like, I, this isn't for me, this isn't for me, and trying to break through that. And some of you, I'm sure, have experienced that, if not with yourself, with a loved one who you see their potential and you see who they are and they just keep missing the mark and hurting people and hurting you and, and it's easy to become hopeless, you know, with that. So, before we you know, go more into the war stories. I would like to say that uh, over the past five years, I have really started to recognize the ingredients in the recipe for healing that are essential and a priority for me. And I hope that this will be a benefit for you in your journey, whether it's for your own journey with recovery or somebody else you know who's really struggling. And I want to be clear that when it comes to addiction, addiction is anything that you do repeatedly that produces negative results and you have a hard time getting out of the pattern. So it could be anything. It could be around food. It could be around codependent relationships. It could be uh, anything that you, you just, you're noticing it and you're feeling the thick like muck of it. Like I just can't quite get free. And I also want to remind you that uh, it's a long process in my experience, you know, and it starts with one step. It starts with like, I don't want this for me. And you might not even know where to start. It's just the like intention of like, okay, the journey must begin. And so, how did I, you know, I'm going to be 40 next year and how did I get to a place where I was able to put the bottle down and um, I was able to put the bottle down and I was able to really um, release these habits that have been stuck on me for since I was 13 years old and maybe even before from the story that we're sharing. Well, one of the things that has been one of the through lines or the ingredients in healing is structure. Structure. I wake up early in the morning, I say my prayers, I do my meditation from the Sikh tradition, and you could do whatever uh, serves you. For me, tuning into that sound current and learning to read the language is so stimulating for my brain. Learning the history and the stories about how it was a social movement 
how my spiritual practice is about how do I make the lives of other people better, not how do I make them walk the same path as me, but how do I support people to be, you know, have more space when, when it comes to anxiety or depression or addiction, like that's the practice. And then the structure part is like, what, what prayer means something to you? And get up early in the morning and, and say it. Not because you have to or because you're supposed to, but just creating that structure of remembering uh, who I am and stimulating my brain and stimulating the heart of devotion um, and just starting the day from that foundation is, you know, even during this pandemic, there was a moment where I was like, I wasn't doing that. And I just felt like the pressure of the world just pushing me down, pushing me down, pushing me down. And then I started to practice again and I could feel myself pushing it out. Like in Star Wars, you know, when they get stuck in the garbage room and the room is closing in and closing in. That morning structure around that morning practice allows me to push it out. And also the structure around the evening. And this is a hard one for me, doing my evening uh, prayers or meditations. It's been challenging to commit to that because I'm tired and I have a family and I have a long list of excuses, but also doing an evening meditation. And, and this, that structure is so key. And you don't have to do it the way that I do it. You know, like there are some important factors in there. Like I take a cold shower when I wake up in the morning and then I tie my, the star and I, you know, make my body clean and looking nice. And, and then I go and I sit in meditation before I start my day. That structure, my friends, is my life raft. It is the grace of the Guru. It is, it means so much to me. And uh, I think like, even when I was in treatment as a young man, I noticed that that structure of like, get up in the morning and pray or get up in the morning and say, thank you. And then in the evening, do the same thing. For me, that is the key, key, key ingredient for healing that structure. And if it's a hard, you know, like you're not used to that structure or you're deep in your pattern, like just do like uh, every morning I'm going to wake up and I'm going to look out at the sun coming up and I'm going to say, thank you. That could be it. Like that's a wonderful start. And then trusting just in doing that, creating that structure, the, the healing is going to come. That's a huge part of it. Another aspect of it is around breath and the movement of the body. Um, not any particular like this yoga or that yoga or brand or whatever. It, it's not about that. It's paying attention to um, your mental and physical wellness is directly related to how you breathe. And it's also directly related to how you move your body. So strengthening the body, like martial training, martial arts, yoga, run, uh, do something, you know, and it's not to get a prize or to look a certain way or anything like that is out of just genuine love and care for your body and for your life. And I, again, if you're in a place where you just feel like, how am I supposed to love myself? Or even that your exercise is something that you use to uh, beat yourself down. You know, what if you, what if we could just shift that a little bit and go like, okay, I'm going to set a timer and I'm going to breathe long and deep for three minutes and, I, and I'm going to do my best 
not to concentrate on anything else, good or bad, or thinking, and just feel my breath come in and out. And if you had a spiritual tradition, you could inhale with the mantra, inhale sat, exhale nam, or inhale I and exhale I love you, or whatever. But breath and body, really key. Um, vegetarian diet that one is really essential for me even walking i'll say the other one that is a huge uh, benefit of healing like when you're just feeling the pressure go for a walk it's raining put on a raincoat walking 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 is essential i found um vegetarian diet's a big one for me and i and i'm not gonna come on to this podcast and say you must be vegetarian or anything like that what I would invite you to do is look at your food and your relationship to food and can you create a relationship with your food where you're in a, a spirit of gratitude, in a spirit of thanksgiving. You're thinking about the farmers, you're thinking about the soil, you're thinking about all of those things and how you can have a healthy relationship with all of those aspects. And, and you'll notice just that little bit of awareness, with, it starts to create. Uh, healing and it opens your eyes uh, to the the mother the soil where we live and, and it doesn't mean you know you never eat junk food and you become neurotic about it it's not about that it's just cultivating a spirit of gratitude and a spirit of thanksgiving another huge one is a sangit or a community I have some incredible people all around the world who love me who see me for who I am who support me and and some of them I've never met in person. That's the thing here. Like I have a, a mentor in Hung Sing who lives in the UK. We never met, but I can ask him questions about my journey, and there's never any judgment or that kind of thing. And we have very loose uh, communication, but it really supports me to keep doing these aspects of the healing. And and like. You know, I'm happy to be that for you if you're feeling that way. Like, send me a message. Let me know. I do my best to, to be present for people because that's what I've experienced. People who've helped me in my recovery, who've supported me in my journey in Sikhi, who've supported me in my journey in yoga, who supported me in learning to be uh, kinder in the way that I communicate. And we have, there's so many people out there, like, well, we're focused on, like, how could so many people vote for Trump and look at all of the problems? And while we're honed in on that in the collective consciousness, just remember that there's so many people doing what I'm talking about right now now, who are committed to living a dharma that is in service of the whole, who care deeply about the planet, who care deeply about other people, who care deeply about recovery and mental health. And, and they're from different faiths and different walks of life, and they have different experience and identify in different ways. But there are these common threads. And can we make a conscious effort to be in communication with those people, especially if we're feeling lost? Like, you know, Make a list. That's what I've done. I make a list of like, who are the people who really see me for who I am and who are going to be there for me? And, and then like make it a priority to connect with those people, even if it's like, you know, sending them a text every other day or something like that. Community, community, community. And especially right now when we're not able to uh, be together physically in the same way, it's imperative that we make time for those conversations. So key. Right? So it's structure, very important. That structure is centered around 
meditation, devotion, learn another language, like do something that really stimulates you. Pl sing, play the guitar, you know, in the morning, in the evening, do some meditation, connect, move your body, breathe, cultivate a spirit of gratitude around food, and then surround yourself with people who inspire you and elevate you, you know. And for me, like those are what keep me clean and sober, that keep me growing, that keep me learning new things, that keep me uh, accountable so that I can support other people in their journey. And when those things start to slip, that's when I find myself falling into old patterns and old ways of being and programming and that kind of thing. So if I can offer you those four keys, I think it's pretty universal. And I, I you know, for me, there are aspects that are I've learned that from uh, Sikhi, and I've learned that from yoga, and I've learned that from Dharma Temple, and I've learned that from recovery, and these are all sort of a little bit different, but the same. And, and now I can suggest that to other people, you know, it's not my, I don't feel called to say, you know, you all should be Sikhs, and if you're not, then we can't relate. That's such an old way of thinking. Yes, we can relate. You know, I see that my grandmother, who I was talking about her recipe box, she wakes up early in the morning to pray every day. And, and in doing so, that's given her a spirit of uh, loving kindness towards other people. And I do the same thing from a different tradition. And if I really look beyond the surface, I see it, then it's not actually a different tradition. It's cultivated on the same foundation. and. It doesn't mean, you know, that we can pra we practice a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. I, I do that, but it, there is some aspects of it that really work, and so I make that a priority. Like, Sikhi is very dear to my heart. Yoga is very dear to my heart, um, for whatever reason. And I've explored not doing them, um, and that they really work. And I also know other people that I work with who have different, who have a different tradition or a different approach, but they apply. If I look at, say, I go, okay, what, what's really working for you? How did you find healing? I find that those things are very common. You know, that there's structure around the Dharma, there's practices that create levity in, in your life, devotion, stimulate the brain, you know, even knowing the history, uh, like our dear friend Javala Singh from the Suraj pod podcast, definitely recommend listening to that. But learning the history, learning the language, um, the devotional element is the heart of it all, a meditative component. Uh, and then exercise, even that be, can be like dipped in devotion. And this devotion could be a devotion to the earth. It's all really the same thing. And, and then that bringing that devotion, that spirit of thanksgiving into the exercises and then connecting with people who inspire you to stay on the path. That's really how it works. That's the recipe for healing. Thanks so much for being here. It's such an honor to share uh, here on the Revealing the Diamond podcast. Once again, if you love what we do, please rate us and review us. You can always catch the video uh, format on youtube.com backslash Tiago Prem Singh. And we also film the podcast live on Wednesday mornings at 9.15 a.m. Pacific. Um, if you could use support or you're interested in working one-on-one, -on -one, please let me know. You can email tiagapremsing at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram or 
send me a note on YouTube, whatever, whatever platform works for you. I'm here and I'm available. I realize that we have work to do. I'm so thankful for all of the people who support me in whatever way they can, whether they're my mentors, my teachers, whether they are uh, people that I've met or haven't met. There is a global community of people out there who are so, so, so inspiring. And I'm, I'm so thankful for every one of you. If you would like to contribute in to the show in some way, please let me know. Um, if you would like to become a sponsor or you'd like to sponsor uh, new equipment so we can reach more people, please let us know. And I hope you have a great week. We'll see you all at Truth Seekers Union, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific. If you want more info, head to truthseekersunion.ca. Lots of love. Bless you. Wahikuruji ka khalsa, wahikuruji ki fateh.